0: Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. Um, And we can be found on the web. www.lapodcast.net We're on email, you can email us in your stories.
1: At lapodcast.net at gmail.com We're on Facebook. www.facebook.com forward slash LAPodcast Uh, We're on Twitter. At LAPodcast
0: Uh, We're on SoundCloud, which we haven't mentioned for a while, Rob, but we should have been doing. I've no idea what the tag is for that. Um, Okay. Just search for Local Anesthetic, it should come up. Yeah, uh, that'll always show our latest episode, by the way. And, of course, we are on iTunes, where if you subscribe to us, that will help us out and mean that you'll get episodes delivered directly to your iDevice without any effort on your part.
1: Well, I would like to say, obviously, it goes on the website first and takes a few
0: hours for, for iTunes, so just be patient. Yes. And now, we have some big news to announce. And that is, to coincide with the new financial year, and of course, Easter, and as well, in the spirit of Apple's incremental updates to their operating systems, local anaesthetic is following that trend, and we are going 2.0. That's right. Basically, it's a rebrand. It's a rebrand. So as people know, uh, in their incremental systems to their operating system for their computers anyway, Apple has used big cats. Uh, They've gone from things like jaguar to leopard to snow leopard, etc. Well, we're not doing big cats, but we are going to use a selection of animals going from small to big. And the reason we're doing this is to represent the constant evolution of this podcast. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we haven't decided how regular these updates will be, whether they'll be yearly, whether they'll be bi-yearly, whether they'll be quarterly or monthly. Uh, it'll probably just happen as and when we decide or when we remember to do it.
1: Personally, I think that the animal uh, a lot better than the big cats, because, uh, I mean, last year we decided that, uh, well, the last sort of 57 episodes
0: we've we've actually deemed as vol. We've decided to call all of last year's collection of, of episodes yeah. as vol, and we are now evolving, listener, to Red fox. There we go, you heard it here first. And if you go to the Facebook page, you're going to post other little symbols I've done to represent that evolution. Yes, yeah. Which I'm very proud of. Yeah, you you spent a lot of time on those, you can see. I think it was about 45 minutes, yeah. So anyway, what will this update mean? Basically nothing, but long-time listeners will recognise or notice some small changes to the format of the show. And this is as we continue to endeavour to make this podcast the best local news comedy podcast in the world. Quite a niche Niche market. Absolutely. And how are you feeling about it? Um, I'm feeling good, Rob. I'm feeling positive. I'm feeling energised. How are you feeling? Slightly anxious. Yeah, I can tell you are. Why? I want to understand why you're feeling anxious. You do look like you've got stage fright. You look like a rabbit in the headlights, or a red fox in the headlights, or a vole in the headlights. A pitiful little mole about to be run. Stop ramming it down my throat! I'm the, uh, I like that,
1: but um, I, I think it's just, I mean, I fear change at the best of times, and I know that this is a change for the better, it's going to be a, a better order experience for the listeners, but, uh, you, know, I, you know, it's the first time, it's like the, you know, the, like the very first performance of a run of, mm. of theatrical performances, and, and I want it to be, you know, I want this to be, to be the best it can possibly be for the listeners, so I'm terrified
0: right okay well and I should also mention within this that part of this whole new rebrand and everything does involve you know it involves myself but it also involves a new co-host does it so this is your P45 uh, (laughs) but thanks for your hard work I thought this was coming (laughs) I knew there was something different about this (laughs) but anyway so no uh, I'm only kidding I'm only kidding Rob Um,
1: so as (laughs) Hitler said before the invasion of Poland let's do this (laughs)
0: Now, Rob, I'm going to kick us off here with a small segment, a little segment of stories that I've decided to call April Fools. Right, uh, makes sense given the time of year. Given the, well, that, that, that's why I did it, Rob. Um, yeah, but if,
1: the whole Jesus thing—that was the greatest April Fool I'll ever known. Right, that's inappropriate, Rob. Oh, well, but
0: the, okay, so I, got,
1: am, I am a Christian, by the way, to say that, and that was a joke, obviously. Okay, thanks, Rob, for, for clarifying.
0: <laughs> now. So I've, got, I've, got, I've just got three short stories here, Rob, just to rattle through, which, as I say, all fall under this theme to me of April Fool's. The first is an actual April Fool's, well, apparent April Fool's joke. This happened uh, in the, uh, it was reported in the Bournemouth Echo, and uh, the headline was, Hunt for owner of rare breed of sheep stolen in April Fool's joke. Now, eh? yeah, well, I know, and just <laughs> listen to this first line. The RSPCA is looking for the owner of a sheep, that was tied up outside a pub in what appeared to be an April Fool's prank. And when I read that, because of the grammar of the sentence, it's very unclear whether they're saying it's the sheep that was tied up outside. Or the owner. Or the owner. (laughs) If you even listen to the headline, Hunt for owner of rare breed of sheep stolen in April Fool's joke. Was it the owner or was it the sheep? I think it's definitely the owner. Well, I wish it was. Unfortunately, I think it is the sheep. That's a shame. So, the rare breed black sheep, thought to be a Shetland sheep, Presumably some sort of relation to the Shetland pony. I would have thought, yeah. Was found outside the Ashley pub in Ashley Road, New Milton, at 11.30 on Monday, 11.30am. It had one end of a blue shoelace tied round its neck. hey eh? And the other end tied to the play equipment in the pub garden. So you're telling me that this, I mean, I, I don't know if, whether
1: there's any sort of, if it's the Shetland sheep, it's the, the, the it's, it's actual... Size
0: any different, but like it's a pint size. Do you sheep. think that a shoelace would have restrained a sheep? RSPCA inspector Graham Hammond said, This is clearly not an animal that is used to being tethered and it would panic when approached by people. The method of tethering in relation to the shoelace yeah. uh, would have caused the sheep a serious injury had it been so spooked by something that it desperately tried to get away, which I think is his way of insinuating the sheep would have inadvertently garroted itself.
1: Yeah, a oh, lovely
0: image, Easter. Yeah, can you imagine? You come out <laughs> into the children's play area and you just find a decapitated sheep next to the swings.
1: I'm not sure it be decapitated, Alex. I'm not sure how. I think it might have just it might have just suffered suffocation, but I think it would have to be quite a strong shoelace for it to actually take the, the head. Depends,
0: clean how, off. depends how scared the sheep was. That's uh, true. Yeah, no, yeah, good point. Uh, and he said, I strongly suspect this poor animal is a victim of some sort of April Fool's prank. It has a shaved patch of fleece on the hind <laughs> s- on the hind left side. And rump. And why is somebody shaving the fleece off the rump, Rob? Oh, that worries me. Oh, God. But otherwise, it has no identifying features. Um, shaved Patch of Fleece is a good episode title. Um, Do, I mean,
1: so someone's shaved... is basically shaved its hindquarters. R- For easy access, is
0: what we're implying there. I'm not implying it. You've said that. I've not said that. <laughs> um, there were a couple of comments on this story, Rob. Right. Um, and they're quite good. Um... Perhelion says, "Oh dear, maybe the sheep had escaped from its pen and was running around loose when someone managed to catch it and tether it using what they had available. Why do people think of the most sinister details? Hope it gets rehomed. I'm thinking that guy's the guy that left the sheep,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and basically he's trying to make this innocent story look. I found it. I tethered it there. Who said anything about
0: anything sinister, mate? Just because you shaved the uh, the hair off this uh, the the the, the fleece off, just because
1: you impregnated the sheep, that can't happen.
0: No, can it?" No, 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 no. no. Uh, Old Colonial says, Police are hoping to interview a Miss Bo Peep. They believe she is under the misguided impression if you lose your sheep, you should leave them alone until they come home dragging their tails behind them. Clever. Uh, Madras says, Find the culprits. They'll be the ones walking around rather sheepishly. You know it makes sense. E-W-E. You know it makes sense. (laughs) Yep. And uh, last pun here. uh, The D-Monster says, Some of the details are a bit woolly. Great. Now, Rob... My second story here, under this bracket of April Fool's, is not about an April Fool's prank, but about a fool in April. You get it? Um, In this week, Rob, of all these stories about benefits on the news, and uh, our Chancellor of the Exchequer, George Osborne, making political capital by saying, we don't want to fund lifestyles like that, in reference to a man who has inadvertently killed his children in a fire, who happened to be on benefits. I have a story relating to... Benefit scroungers. Can I also mention the, the video that you sent me of George
1: Osborne put on what appeared to be a mock
0: mock accent. accent. So he goes to do a speech in front of Morrison's workers, who yeah. all look largely unimpressed, and decides to try and talk like this throughout the interview because that's why that's how they'd understand him. They wouldn't understand if he spoke posh. It was what unbe- an absolute wanker. It was unbelievable. Right, this is very short. Rob, new shopper Robert Fisk, and sweet thief suspect. Set to appear at Bromley Magistrates Court. A twenty year old a twenty-year-old Bromley man previously featured in a new shopper article about the effects of a bene, about the effects a benefit cap could have on the crime rate, has been charged with stealing sweets from a convenience store. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most pathetic crime ever, right? James Smith of Whidmore Road has been arrested and charged with shoplifting £32 worth of confectionery from Budgeons in South Lane. That's a lot of sweets, Alex. Well, I thought if there were penny sweets, especially, that would be 3,200 penny sweets, wouldn't it? Is that, is that actually, so is, is that monetary value or is that weight? 32, no, 32 pounds, quid, okay. quid, wow. of confectionery. He would appear at Bromley Magistrates' Court next Monday, April 8th. What a pathetic crime. First of all, it's the fact that it's budgens. <laughs> Yeah. Then it's that you're stealing sweets and you're 20 years old. Yeah. But then you're stealing 32 pounds worth. I mean, a chocolate bar what costs about 50p. Yeah. So that so that that is already sick. About 64 chocolate bars. And I mean, what's he? I mean, that, that must have
1: been quite substantial. I mean, how on earth has he managed? to I mean, obviously he hasn't managed to steal it. That's the point. But I mean, I don't. I, I can't imagine cause they, they must be. Are they, were these jars he was? stealing? We don't know. I mean, it could have been a few packs of Terry's All Gold Rob <laughs> shoved under his coat. He could have been stuffing uh, chocolate oranges down the front of his trousers. He could, could quite have been. Yeah. And um, maybe, a, maybe a, a Kit Kat or something
0: as well. <laughs> more, probably more Mars. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My last uh, uh, example here of a fool in April. Well, this is a very sad story, but very funny in a way. Um, <laughs> this is from News Shopper Rob. Um, it, it's mysteriously not got a journalist listed. It's just by... Court reporter. So someone's was proud of this story then. Court reporter. Good, good, good idea for a television show there. Yeah. Court reporter. But um, he solves crimes. What? Although he, he's so he sits in on
1: the trials and, and, and then th- solves crimes. Going. Oh no! He actually. Is, he, <laughs> sorry, he's in the dock, isn't he? Yeah, that was it.
0: Sorry, yeah. Right. Iris southeastern worker let untrained friend dispatch train so he could study for a degree. What? Yes. <laughs> a south-eastern railway worker from Erith let an untrained friend stand in for him for more than a fortnight so he could study for a degree. And I've got to get his name right here. Oluwasean Oyesanya, 36, of Limero allowed Pal Olatuba Olibode to wave off trains from station platforms, even though he had no idea what he was doing. Oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, okay, okay. I thought you meant he was sitting in a
1: signal box and literally was, there was a sitting in front of those massive boards where, you can, the boards where you can see all the different lights of the trains. All he was doing, he was basically just, just literally holding those, those plastic
0: things. Now, he had no idea when the trains could, could and couldn't go, Rob. Oh. <laughs> the deception could have led to a crash and passenger deaths if a train had been cleared to leave Denmark Hill station at the wrong moment West- Westminster Magistrates Court heard last Tuesday dispatchers conduct safety checks before trains depart and they must undergo training yeah. and obtain a licence before working in the job chair of the bench um, Spyros Ilya what a name that's good Spyros. <laughs> told Olyasanya it was but for the will of God that somebody wasn't injured perhaps even fatally and maybe more than one person The ruse took place between October 15th and 27th last year when Ayasanya, who has previously no convictions, was employed by Southeastern. In order to make a convincing show, he gave his mate, Olabode a fake ID badge along with a personal crash course and set of training books. (laughs) Maybe maybe a slightly inappropriate name of the title really. Or a crash course. Crash course. <laughs> <laughs> Alec Williams, prosecuting, said the measures let his friend effectively homeschool himself in how to become competent in dispatching trains. He said the scam went unnoticed until January this year when Oni turned up at the station to go about renewing his licence. Mr. Williams told the court colleagues caught sight of him and were rather confused that the gentleman they saw was not the gentleman they'd be used to working with. Following his arrest, the railway worker told police he thought Olibode was doing it quite well and not putting anyone in danger. How would he know? Are you studying for a fucking degree? Can
1: I also point out that during this time, there was obviously, there, there, there's there been no mention of the fact that there was any fatalities, so maybe he was actually doing a genuinely good job. That's true. That's true, Rob.
0: George, o- o- D- the Defence Council. Right. <laughs> Um, said his client had acted out of a desire to provide for his family while keeping up with his studies. He said, "'The reason for the crime was he was trying to do two things at the same time, trying to cater for his wife and daughter, and at the same time go to university. He shows remorse for what he has done. It is something he did unwisely, not realising the seriousness.' and he's been released on unconditional bail. He admits fraud by false representation, which relates to his wages, and endangering the safety of persons conveyed by railway. How could you not know? How could you think, I need to study for my degree, I'll get a mate, I'll give him an ID badge, I'll give him some books on rail safety, and let him wave off trains from stations, and it will be okay. But surely this says more about, more about Southeastern. The fact that Actually, no one I- noticed for two
1: months that this guy was turning up every morning going, hello... <laughs> That's a very good point. He was standing on the platform. I
0: mean, should, the, he must have. There must be other staff in that station. I use Southeastern, Eastern and you're right, it does say a fucking hell of a, about, a lot about South Two Eastern. months he was there. You're right, this is the wrong angle for this the only, story. Like, the only reason he got caught is because he tried to renew his fake licence. <laughs> if he hadn't tried to renew it, he would still be on that platform. No, no, that's not what happened. The original guy, the guy doing the degree, he went back to work, and everybody was like, who the hell are you? We used to deal with oh, other guy. <laughs> which also I did not get because didn't they remember that he used to work for them? And no one question why he'd left. Well, I, I imagine there might be a fairly high turnover rate of southeastern trains. Sorry, southeastern trains, I don't know that for a fact, but I am guessing that uh, people don't want to stay there for very long. Wow. Okay, Rob, you got some stories for us here?
1: Yeah, and I have to say, this, this one, uh, major news now coming from, from the Swindon. So this is from the Swindon Adver. There's no journalist reported, and the headline is... Swindon dad and two children share same birthday.
0: Swindon dad and two children share same birthday. Yeah. this was on the. That's band. news.
1: This is news in Swindon. Big news. Sharing the same birthday with one or more family members is unusual for most people. However, today the, I think it's the Vivesh family, I think that's right, will be celebrating a remarkable three birthdays in one house. That must be a fucking nightmare. Well... A very expensive nightmare as well. They come on to that. Dad Martin is celebrating his 50th, daughter Kirsty is turning twenty-five, and son Mark is 18. Talk about a tedious story. (laughs) It gets worse. We've had a look at the odds of this happening and chances are, are nearly impossible, said Martin, a production operator from Rodbourne. Apparently you're more likely to win the lottery twice than this happening. I think I'd prefer to win the lottery twice and have this sort yeah. of collection of coincidences happen. This show is extra special because of the significance of the ages. There was certainly no planning to the birthdays, as all three of us were born earlier than expected. Of course there was no fucking planning to it, you muppet. Alex, the story is so tedious. I don't even... Why? I mean, the Swindon advert does have some ropey stories, but on the whole, at least the majority are newsworthy. This falls <laughs> woefully short. Sure. Rob,
0: what I don't ever understand about these stories is how do they get reported. One, so either the paper has somehow got wind of this, yep. which seems unlikely, or the family themselves have run other the paper and said, we've got news for you. And, and if they did, and I was the editor of that paper, I'd, I, I would just put down the phone politely. Yeah. But you wouldn't think, we're going to run with this. I, had to, I, had to, I have edited the story because it was quite lengthy.
1: Uh, and I've just tried to get it down to some of the, the prime quotes, if you will. While, they, while the family enjoy all the celebrations, it comes at a price. It's an expensive time of year, said Mandy, who celebrates her 50th on on July the 6th, which coincidentally is the same day as her grandmother's birthday. (laughs) We have to save up like it's
0: Christmas.
1: (laughs) However, Kirsty, the daughter, admits that the amazing coincidence was not always such a good thing. I hated having to share my birthday, she said. (laughs) I remember my (laughs) 7th birthday especially. It was my first proper birthday with friends at school. I had to share it with all the others with Dad. To celebrate... We used to get a party ring biscuit and then get to blow out a candle. A party ring biscuit? Do you know what a party ring is, don't you? No. You must do. What's a party ring biscuit? I think it's made, they're made by Fox. Foxes yeah, the biscuits. Yeah. yeah, the small ones. The small ones, they have like their... They got that with a candle in it? Yep. So let me just read that again. Let's get a good... So, to celebrate, we used to get a party ring biscuit and then get to blow out a candle. So they got given a biscuit to eat and then they got given a live candle in their hand and yep. blow that out. I'm not sure whether this is, this is in school or this is at home. I think that's at home. Do you think? And the thing's just really, really tight.
0: Yes. Money-wise. Must be. Then the head teacher came in and told me... I I'm think not... they blow out the candle and they pass it to the next family member... The then they light it again, it again yeah. blow that out, and it's really, really tedious. Do
1: you think they get a party ring each, or they just like, they take one bite of it and pass it around? Probably the latter. Yeah. I think probably the oldest will have to go first, and then the youngest gets the crumbs. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she, so, so there's this really traumatic thing about blowing out a candle... Then she says Then the headmaster came in and told me my mum was giving birth to my brother. I had to go to the hospital hospital, and I was not happy.
0: And this was on their birthday (laughs) so she's like fucking hell I've got to to let somebody else take a bite out of the party room. (laughs) Basically. This year the Vivesh family would not be celebrating
1: in hospital for once. Instead they were going out for a meal with family and friends. We had to look for a horse in the Grand Grand National that was linked with our birthdays but unfortunately there wasn't one said Martin. (laughs) That's the story. There's some comments as well. Are there? Yeah. Spirity says, the odds are, actually, not actually that bad, one in 133,225. Relatively low compared to the odds of winning the lottery jackpot at just under 1 in 14 million. So that was incorrect reporting then. Basically, yeah. Very
0: incorrect reporting, yeah. right.
1: Epster says, been there, Shame, uh, share my birthday with my, both my mum and my dad.
0: That's weird.
1: And uh, His parents
0: aren't... Um, Twins are they? Could be. Is it he is. from Wales
1: or, or, or the more rural parts of Wiltshire. Uh, TMT nineteen sixty four just finishes off by saying, in other word, in other news, Swindon wrecked by an earthquake. Another truly amazing I for story. <laughs> <laughs> and just to follow on from this, another short story. Big news in Stroud
0: this time. More big news. I'm not sure we taking news? more big news, Rob.
1: Well, get comfortable. This is this is this is on a, 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 a topic that's always close to our heart. And the headline is: Stroud filmmaker makes documentary about dogging for Channel Four. Oh, this was this, this this was on the other night. Is there a lot of dogging in Stroud? No, he travelled the country. Dogging? Well,
0: not him. No filming, it, obviously. And what does that fight, make it worse?
1: What,
0: uh, Yeah. <laughs> so this is a this is a pervert who's tried to find a legitimised filmmaker, way. Alex this filmmaker. Is, this is, a, this is a, a who's tried to le- find a, a way to legitimise his his, uh, his niche interest. I,
1: I, I must admit, I was, his, his wife, wife th-
0: found him looking at a lot of dogging porn, so this is his way of trying to fulfill, <laughs> fulfill the.
1: Uh... This was aired, I believe it was aired last Monday. Right. So, former. What was it called? Dogging UK? Uh, no, I think. What does it give, I think it's the title Dogging Tales. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Funny. Clever. Former Wystone School and Stroud College student, Leo Maguire, last night aired his Channel 4 documentary, Into the World of Dogging. <laughs> that would have been a better title, Into the World of Dogging. Filmmaker, Leo, 31, who was inspired to take up photography and filmed by lecturer John... <laughs> inspired to take up
0: photography, <laughs> ...inspired to take up photography,
1: huh? Basically. Right. In bushes. Um, at Stroud College, travelled 25,000 miles over a six-month period to dozens of dogging sites. Well, how did he know where they were? Research, Alex. Research. Come on. He's been sitting... Can all... I, Rob, I know I'm is...
0: pretty sure if you put dogging sites into Google... I'm not putting that in, Rob. Okay. I, can I just ask you a question? Mm. I to this day, don't fully know what dogging is. I well, I think oh. dogging is people having sex in cars while other people watch. Yeah, the, that's... The, the, it, are they in the cars watching them or are the outside the cars watching through the window?
1: Yeah, I, I think that people turn up in laybys, and I think they sometimes... There's a bit of an exchange going on, exchanging partners and so... Right, but okay. I'll, I'll just... Right, it, okay.
0: We'll come back to this. The characters... That are Where like, dogs coming to it then? Where did they tell know. No, Dogs don't do this. They don't well, drive. They don't drive. And they no, that's don't... true. They do exchange partners, though. Do they? Do they? I think so. I don't I know. I don't know dogs have partners, wrong.
1: Really. No, you're right, yeah. <laughs> the characters allowed themselves to be filmed during their sexual encounters, um, but also spoke about their attraction to dogging, how they were introduced to it, why they, they why they may feel a lack of fulfilment without it, and how their relationships are enhanced or damaged by it. The beautifully shot, distinctive film captured the intimate nighttime journeys that few people see or experience... But that allowed this covert community, previous escapism, excitement, and self-discovery. I say, in that
0: sentence, there's some potential episode titles there.
1: Yeah, true. Um, <clears throat> Dogging Tales followed Leo's acclaimed debut in, 19- in 2012 with Gypsy Blood: True Stories. <laughs> Gypsy Blood: True Stories. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, a-, a quality filmmaker. I mean, 25,000 miles he's covered, visiting
0: dogging sites around the UK. I, I, I don't know. I, I, and probably probably staying in, in, in small lay-by hotels.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or just sleeping in his car, just on the off chance that he, he'd turn up and just see these, these flashing lights and then, you know, the, the steamed up windows. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, as things go, it's a, it's a hobby, let's be honest. It's a strange thing to do. Yeah, I'm going to watch the documentary, I think. I'm going to watch it and I'll feed back from the next episode. OK. Are you going to watch it? Yeah.
0: OK. In the privacy of my own bedroom. Rob, as we go through this rebrand, I thought it would be good to sort of touch base with one of the core themes that have been threaded throughout this entire podcast, which are bad news animal stories. I was about to say. It couldn't be anything else. It couldn't be anything else. So I have a bad news animal story trifecta. Right. Involving... The stories will involve a cat, a swan, and nine hundred pigs. Sorry. It's not all the same story, by the way. <laughs> okay. okay. Nine hundred so, pigs? Yeah, the first is There's no dog in here, by the way, I'm quite disappointed by this. No dog in here. Well we had dog we had dogging in your last story, yeah. so that kinda counts. Again, I don't sure there's any dogs involved, but there Bour- might have been. Bournemouth Echo, hundreds of pigs die in West Dorset Blaze. Oh, Almost 1,000 pigs have died after a blaze swept through a piggery at West Dorset Farm. Piggery? Is that a real thing? Yeah, a piggery is a real thing. Okay. The fire which gutted the 330-foot-long complex at Seabra Manor near Beaminster is reported to have started in the roof early on Friday morning. Right. Despite the effort of 50 firefighters, over three hours, around 900 pigs were killed.
1: That's unbelievable.
0: Which, by the way, they didn't, they didn't need to say almost a 1,000 pigs have died. That's a very big roundup. They could have just said around 900.
1: Well, I mean, that, when you're talking about... Uh,
0: the difference of 100 pigs is a could lot Could they not wrong. just say... Those <laughs> pigs' relatives, that's a big difference. That's true.
1: They could have, they could have just said a, a, a substantial number of pigs
0: were turned to bacon today in this place. You've ruined the comments. I'm not even going to read them out now. But, yes, yeah, smoky Bacon was a comment. No, <laughs> a spokesperson from the Dorset Fire and Rescue Service said an investigation has been launched and added... There was an asbestos roof involved in the fire, with no effect to other properties. Crews were at work protecting adjacent piggeries and property. And I love this line. There was 100% severe damage to the piggery, and sadly, approximately 900 pigs lost their lives in the fire. 100% damage?! Is, is him saying 100% severe damage to the piggery? Is that his way of saying basically it was raised to the ground and destroyed? I mean, yeah,
1: that, 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 that's, that's utter devastation. That, that's as in there is nothing left. That's just a pile of ashes. Absolutely. And pig bones. So that,
0: so that, that's the pigs counting for. Right. Now, now we'll move on to the cats and, and teeth. Uh, this is from the New Shopper. It's by Sarah Trotter. Lewish and pet shooter warning after cat shot with an air rifle.
1: Oh, this thing
0: again. Rob, there's a pet shooter on the loose. <laughs> Tabby cat... Is there? Yes. Right. <laughs> Tabby cat Skippy, traditionally a name for a kangaroo, yeah. <laughs> was shot with an air rifle. Does <laughs> it say that in the article? No. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Tabby cat Skippy was shot with an air rifle and had a pellet lodged close to his spine. Oh. A cat owner is warning a pet shooter is on the loose after his beloved animal nearly died from an air rifle wound. Mark Durham discovered his three-year-old tabby, Skippy, bleeding with a pellet lodged in his back, narrowly Ooh. missing his spine. The 39-year-old, who lives in Clarendon Rise, Lewisham, rushed Skippy to the vet, who told him it could have been, in quotes, game over if the shop had been one <laughs> centimetre to the left. Now, I love this vet. He sounds like a Hollywood vet. And I think that is a great idea for a television show. Hollywood vet. Hollywood vet. I'm pretty sure that probably exists. Oh, come on, that's a great idea. Yeah, there it is. Oh, no, 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 there'll be some vet show, but they won't be Hollywood vet. He lives and works in the Hollywood area of Los Angeles, serving the celebrities, and story stories about them coming in and with it's... their chihuahua, you know... With you're, a...
1: you're, you're forgetting. We've already speculated, this is about two weeks ago, we what? were speculated about this.
0: What, a vet show? Yeah. But not Hollywood vet. No. <laughs> <laughs> he talks like, because he, he uses Hollywood phrases like, game over, and cut the crap. Do you want, because this this was the, um, it
1: was the... Um, that was it. It was the. Do you remember the kitten who'd eaten, eaten the marriage and started choking? Yes. And, he, and they managed to save the kitten and then the, the, the vet um, started high-fiving all his stuff. This is, yes! This is Hollywood, Hollywood vet. vet. Didn't
0: he have a great name? Yeah, yeah I can't remember what it was then. Ugh, nor can I. Okay, let, let, let's keep that idea. We might, we might be able to produce a make that later, okay, in, right. later, later in the future. Mr. Durham believes the feline was fired at from on top of a nearby fence in the early hours of March 20th. He's urging neighbours to be vigilant. Right. The owner of Two Cats, who works in publishing... And I've just I've made a note to myself here. Is that relevant? No. Is it relevant no. that he works in publishing? Not on the slightest. Told New Shopper, it is unbelievable. Unless he wrote the story. Unless he wrote the story, <laughs> yes. Or, or he's the journalist's brother. Yeah. I found him as a heap on the floor. He couldn't move. The vet said it would have been game over if it had been a centimetre to the left. He's a very lucky boy, but he can't leap around or jump around. It's quite sad to watch him. He used to be a very vibrant, lively cat. Now, Rob, I might want you to guess here. Guess, guess something for me. How many air gun attacks on cats do you think there were in south-east England reported to the RSPCA between January and December of last year? So, kind of a calendar How many air gun attacks? January
1: December, calendar uh, Okay, air gun attacks on cats,
0: 253. 39. Oh, <laughs> there's some comments well there is a comment from Pamela 8 she says I really hope the freak of nature that did this meets a sorry end freak of nature my cat went missing for two weeks I did everything I could to find her and all the time just four doors away from me the freaks that lived there let their vicious dog attack her then they hid her and decided to throw her over the fence of my next door neighbours fuck I th- what? I think then they killed the cat and they just threw it over the fence. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which is awful. Wow, that's... Um... The RSPCA were called and paid them a visit, but only to put the frighteners on them. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> RSPCA, I didn't want to tell.
1: The RSPCA are getting their, their traditional bashing for being wholly ineffective in every
0: situation they're placed in. But what does she mean, put the frighteners on? Do the RSPCA do that turn up and like, you know, Stop intimidate not. you? Stop it! <laughs> I'm totally heartbroken, she said. She was such a beautiful animal. She'd already been in a, a rescued animal. Oh. So that's... A, didn't we have a story like that once in the past about somebody who had a rescue cat and then it befell a terrible end? It wasn't that buddy. It wasn't <laughs> that... That was a rescue cat. Maybe. And had been treated very cruelly. She said, I nursed her back to health. Oh, so she didn't die. I loved her so much. <laughs> there is no hate in me, but I know that these freaks will pay when it gets back on them. I love that. There's no hate in me, but these freaks will pay. She has used the word freak. Three times in the same article. Uh, Four, Rob, because she ends by saying, I hope that all freaks at her animals live in fear of them. Right, okay. Now, and Rob, my last story, my last bad news animal story, and my bad news animal story trifecta. Right. Is uh, from the Bournemouth Echo by Alex Winter. And the headline is, Thugs who attack swans with a crossbow are lowest of the low. Crossbow? A crossbow. Now, but Rob, before I I read this story, uh, if you didn't already know this... And there was a story in The Sun years ago, which when I read it, I read it on the day it came out. I think I was in a McDonald's. There was a Sun newspaper there. I read it. And I kept the newspaper. I've still got it somewhere. I had to keep it to show grandkids and for them to show their kids because it was such a brilliant piece of journalism. You must have heard of the infamous Swan Bake article. The Swan Bake article was, the headline was, Swan Bake, Asylum Seekers Steal the Queen Birds for Barbecues. Oh, God, yes. And uh, it contained brilliant lines like, Callous asylum seekers are barbecuing the queen swans. East European poachers lure the protected royal birds into baited traps, an official Metropolitan Police report says. And another great line from the story was, police swooped on a gang of Eastern Europeans and caught them red-handed, about to cook a pair of royal swans. <laughs> the asylum seekers were barbecuing a duck in the park in Beckton, East London, but two dead swans were found concealed in bags and ready to be roasted. The discovery last weekend confirmed Beard to immigrants are regularly scoffing. The Queen's birds. And the whole story was completely false. It later transpired. But anyway, this story isn't Shocker. false, but it reminded me of the story because it does remind us that the birds belong to the Queen. Okay, Here's the story. Thugs who killed one swan and wounded another in a crossbow attack have been condemned as the lowest of the low. The birds, which legally belonged to the Queen, were discovered after being brutally speared with bolts near Bournemouth Fruit Mill. I like brutally speared with bolts as an episode title. Yeah, a bit violent, Okay. But while the male swan, which was shot through the back, was rescued and treated by the RSPCA... So the male swan, who was shot through the back, he was rescued and treated by the RSPCA, the female was found dead days later, which is sad. And Did anyone f- barbecue it after that point? Because I think it was dead. It's okay. Rob, stop. Because it appears these swans were mates, and you know how they make. Why are you life? making that face? Because it's sad. Right, you've got a husband and wife
1: swan. No, no they shot not husband and made wife. wife. They're mates. They're not married. Unless some, there's some weirdo going down there conducting marriage ceremonies so the swans, which... It's
0: symbolic of marriage. No, in this country it's more than well, possible. Well, it's still a monogamous relationship, whichever way you look at it. Well, we- together for life, and somebody's come and shot the male through the back and killed the wife. You don't know that the male didn't do it to his
1: partner! Maybe, yeah, maybe she was <laughs> nagging, or was quacking at him. Not you know, he wasn't. Again, your enough.
0: misogynist streak comes out. If the, she's nagging, it's okay to shoot her to death with a crossbow. I'm just saying. Well, the man from the RSPCA says it's cruel, it's cowardly, it's heinous, it's despicable. It's the worst thing he said. These birds are a Mister and Mrs, We believe. You see, a Mister and Mrs. This is it, the RSPCA. They will get any publicity they possibly can. It is particularly sad because the swans, which mate for life, have been on this territory for a number of years. The male was bolted in the back. It's a very nasty business. Is it the fact that he, he was shot from behind us? Well, it's going... even more cowardly. If you're going to shoot a swan, shoot it in the face. Yeah, at least arm the swan first. <laughs> and shoot it face on, in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Despite the valiant efforts of Inspector and four firefighters, what the fuck are firefighters doing involved in, the dead, in a swan attack? Uh... Don't firefighters fight fire unless they were set fire to afterwards. <laughs> that, maybe that was the barbecue bit.
1: Yeah, possibly, yeah. Maybe they start the fire. I'm not just saying the firefighters are starting fires to then
0: call themselves out. To- are you accusing this swan of no. being a Mr. Philpot? Uh, uh,
1: uh, yes, I am. I'm saying the swan was on benefits and, and uh, this, this was a way of trying to frame his wife uh, for custody of the Cygnus. <laughs> Quite possibly. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, the male... Now, Rob. Don't make that face again! <laughs> you can't laugh at this bit. Uh, the male swan... Was shown his mate's body before he was released back into the wild on Easter Sunday. So.
1: What? So. Uh, why? Not to help him get over I'm it. I'm not sure what the. I, I, I don't know if, if swans are intelligent creatures, but does he have that level of. of, of I mean, Can do you he's think he's going wrong. through a grieving
0: process? See, yes, I do actually. I do. Can animals do rob? When when I was little we had two cats and one of them died and the other cat mourned for that cat that, that was lost. He okay, I'm not that I can understand. But do you reckon they have the swan like covered up and they just sort of they,
1: <laughs> they just sort of led him over and like just like, pull the blanket yeah. back and they just sort of Hung his head and just
0: walked off. And that's a long neck to hung. To yeah, hang. yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's dragging on the floor. So the male was shown his mate's body before he's released back into the wild on Easter. Sunday. On Easter fucking Sunday, a day of rebirth. It doesn't resurrection. make any difference. The
1: swans. It doesn't make it. it doesn't care. Swans celebrate it. Easter.
0: <laughs> and he just flew off. That should be an episode title. <laughs> swans celebrate Easter. Fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and he, anyway, so he's shown his mate's body and he just flies off depressed. Right. <laughs> uh, Inspector Hammond said, It's a great result to release this swan back into the river, but it's tainted with sadness because both birds are no longer here together. This swan has been shown the body of his mate to help him come to terms with it. Oh, f- he's also receiving counselling. <laughs> and hopefully so that he doesn't expect to see the, the female. From the nearby heron. <laughs> and hopefully so that he doesn't expect to see the female here anymore. So it's quite brutal. I can just imagine him showing him someone going... She's not here anymore, alright, got it? You're not going to see her around again.
1: I'm pretty sure if I went back a week later, then he'd be having sex with her corpse.
0: Rob, can I say, I think you've been really, really (laughs) insensitive. It's a swan, Alex! (laughs) Yeah, I've said it. Anyone caught... Yeah, har- I'm a swannist, okay. <laughs> Anyone caught harming a swan, Rob, faces a £5,000 fine or six This months is actually a prison. quite a common misconception. It's, it's actually a very... Um, do you know, there have been sex offenders who've got less time in jail for Uh-oh. that.
1: <laughs> um, it's, actually a very, it's actually a very specific breed of swan. It's not every single swan. Okay. Just want to say that.
0: Thank you. Um, comments. I've just got only a very few comments here. Contrike says, I think most of the... This is a, a, an odd comment. I don't know if they're commenting on the right story, Rob. Right. I love it. Okay. It's got a classic episode title in it. I think most of the population knows what's going on in this country, apart from the useless beer-swilling, brawling fraudsters in Parliament. Nice. So, is he suggesting for sort of conspiracy around swans? I think so. Yeah. Is he suggesting there's an elite class of politicians in this country who've got a swan, a swan sex ring?
1: Yeah. And uh, swan yeah. sex ring is a good episode <laughs> <it>.
0: <laughs> But Rob, surely useless beer-swilling, brawling fraudsters in Parliament. Yeah, that's good. I think that's going to That's going to have to be it. Rick Aruni says, fingerprints on the bolt? Can the police trace where it was sold? Have they tried the local stockists of archery goods? Uh, Pablo 23 says, what's wrong with people? If I think about it, though, when I was at school, there were a handful of kids that were so into pellet guns and black widow catapults that they used to go and kill ducks. So I guess things don't change that much. No. And uh, Pablo 23 responds to this it's and brilliant. just says, uh, well, they have changed. They've gone from ducks to swans to scum. It's a good point. <laughs> Chris, nineteen ninety-one says, "How utterly despicable! It shows people have no respect for animals at all. No wonder this country is in a mess." So he's blaming the uh, the, the the economic and other woes of this country on the fact that people are happy to cross. Possible, someone sort of killed it, try to eat it. Yeah, it's possible. John Gooder says, "Where do these non-human species come from?" I'm assuming he non-human. means the people who crossbowed the swans and not the swans themselves. Yep. Convinced. Perhaps, perhaps we could all shoot them with a the crossbow and see how they like it. Yep. Good point. The people or person who did it are morons and should be caught and sent to jail. And last comment, Cobal says not jail. Why should you and I pay to keep them? Just shoot them the same way as they shot them poor swans. Job done. I expect these people will be on Jeremy Carl soon. Quite possibly. Not if you shoot them, though they won't be. Well, no, I'm absolutely. not sure if Jeremy Carl's on the show is just corpses yet. No, but
1: it's only a matter of time. Anything to bring the ratings in. <laughs>
0: Okay Rob, and, and, and this is a slight change to the format of our show. We now enter the phase of our listener story of the week. So each week we're gonna pick out the, our favourite story that a listener emails us in. Absolutely. And this is the one, Rob, that you've picked out. This is from Shay from Bristol. Shay, you've well, to be fair, you've sent us in some classics in the past. Yeah, well yeah. done. There's no prize. The headline is We won't be doing that anymore.
1: Thief bombarded by abusive calls after boasting about Keynesian van crime. You've got to read the headline again. What? Yeah. Thief bombarded by abusive calls after boasting about Canesham van crime. Canchant? Canesham. What,
0: what a headline. Yeah, reads the story.
1: A thief who stole £40,000 worth of tools from a van in Canesham has been bombarded with prank phone calls after boasting about his crime on an internet forum. Jason Griffiths, 25, of Novell's Lane in Bristol, was sent to prison for his part in the theft, which happened on the Barnet Farm business park in October. Back then, the victim's friend posted details about it on the www. I think it's Lan- LancerRegister. van forum. Van theft book. <laughs> That's good. Um, must be a fun forum about, about vans. Uh, and along do- with- and dogging and, dog- and dead prostitutes, uh, along with a picture. I- I- I'm speculating. Along with a picture of the vehicle which had its its doors peeled back. However, yesterday morning, Griffin's Griffin's went onto the site and posted his own message, explaining how he, com- he had committed the crime and how easy the prison centres had been. <laughs> a lovely individual. He posted well. Oh good, We can hear it good. <laughs> he posted well. It won't a great tin that tin opener. Used it was a reckoning bar, disconnected battery, water. I'm guessing that's crap. Alarm system. Well, <laughs> might have got caught three in the morning by the Feds, but if I did, Feds, oh, come on, you, you prat! Yeah. if I didn't see the Feds, would have been the new snap-on tour man in town, worth two months' prison sentence. Did it standing on my head. Best bit about it: when police opened up my van doors, the tours fell on their feet. Yeah. So, if you managed to, so to, to follow me through that comment, uh, which was just you know gibberish, gibberish most of it. Um, The post prompted an angry response from the users who quickly traced Griffins and and published his full address, his full name, address, mobile phone number, email address, Facebook profiles, and pictures of his family. (laughs) God bless the British public. The vigilante British public. When the the Chronicle phoned Griffins, he said he'd been putting up with lots of calls from the people who had been swearing and uh, verbally abusing him. (laughs) He said, They had not meant the post to come across as boastful. Really? Uh, but been trying to offer van over security advice to prevent them from becoming victims of a crime.
0: Ah, oh, I thought so he was trying to say. right. So yeah, it was
1: really to break into the prison. Sentence it was easy. Lock up your vans. And I was glad that the the, the tours fell on the the, the 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 feet of the police. Comments by Fred of off of Bath. Yep, yeah, that's that's right. Just says what a cock. What's his number? Um, he's interested, is he? Mr Mildew Wednesday says, <laughs> <What a> "Random <laughs> commenting name." Oh, sorry. No, sorry. No, Mr Mildew posted on Wednesday. <laughs> yes. he's not Mr Mildew Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, can you give his full address and phone number so we can make his life a misery? Like giving his name to the double glazing salesman, PPI claim companies, mail order companies, and umpteen other mailing lists. And putting crap through the letterbox. Yeah. Uh, Westy Wardy says doesn't come across as the, as the sharpest tool in the box. Cleverly, me. Mr Bokbok says. What a spanner. <laughs> By Gas Under says, please pass my list phone number so that expat Bristolians can phone in with our eight-hour time difference. Nice. So people across the world looking to do it. Expat Bristolians are a lot of
0: those, are they?
1: Yeah, apparently so. Especially down So under.
0: desperate to leave Bristol, they just leave the UK altogether. Yeah. Uh, no, I've heard Bristol's a lovely area the world. It is,
1: it is. By Andy J.I.M. says, disgusting scum. Hope you get some people turning up at his house, not just phone and internet abuse. This is why we need to bring back either National Service or hard labour for time races like this. Absolutely. And if anyone would like to contact him, uh, Tom8251 has given the details. So, name, Jason Griffins, address, <laughs> mobile number, oh, <laughs> email, <laughs> eBay ID, Uh, and just to finish off his comment, I think he, the commenter he just wants to put, occupation, fief, low-life scum.
0: Okay, Rob, it's time to wrap up the podcast. Um, how have you enjoyed, uh, how, I mean, have you experienced the update from Vol to Red Fox? Did it go seamlessly for you? Did you manage to download everything? with the update fine? Do you yes. know what I'm talking about? Uh, it's a metaphor, Rob.
1: Yeah, oh, see, right, okay. Uh, it, it's been uh, it, it, It's been emotional.
0: Has it? Yeah. What was your favourite story this week? Um, I think it would have to be um, probably the swans. The swan, the, the, the Mr and Mrs. Yeah. Oh, that actually really did
1: upset me when I read it. It, it, it touched me in ways that I, I can't explain now. I'm being serious. Oh, um, I'm not. So there you go, listeners. That's our rebrand. Let us know what you think send in your emails let us know how you've been finding the, uh, the upgrade
0: to Red Fox to Red uh, Fox, Fox like 2.0 just like with the incremental updates Apple releases there are always some teething problems always some bugs yeah. some people won't be able to turn on their the metaphor doesn't stretch does it actually? no 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 not, not at all And sometimes they're just shit take care God bless